Kelman on cliffcentral.com. And here she is, so impressive, uh, South African writer, designer, product manager, co-founder of Phantom Design. She's high-fived Obama. She's incredibly qualified. <laughs> she's super cool. She's an author. And she's just so nice. And she's like super on trend. <laughs> I mean, who else is going to like walk in in a U.S. Army shirt and then like make it work because she's got badges of cats that probably have some massive loaded story behind well, them? Well, actually, my friend Nana Fencer, who is probably the most amazing designer I know, and she did the cover of my book, also made this incredible badge. It says Jurassic Patriarchy, and it's yes. my favorite thing ever. And you can buy her shit online. Sorry. No, you can't. Can, you can, can do whatever, yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be in trouble. <laughs> anyway. Uh, listen, you're so cool. I don't even know where to start with this whole thing. Slash ADD. Uh, no, but in a, like in a really good way because it's like an ADD that's resulted in, uh, being a 2014 Mandela Washington fellow at Yale University. So it's not an ADD like you dropped out of life and you're a disaster. <laughs> well, the trick is to use your procrastinating to do the other stuff that you're procrastinating on by procrastinating. I don't yes. know. Just you make a virtuous cycle of procrastination. I think it's a great cycle to be in. <laughs> Obviously, the most interesting thing about you though is uh, your cat Digby. Yeah. So yeah. Digby Chicken Caesar is his full title. Digby Chicken Caesar. <laughs> Correct. He's okay. very dumb. He's now partly bionic because he fell out a sixth floor window. Wow. Um, and he got, he had fractures all over. Cost me a damn fortune. Yeah. Pet insurance, it turns out. Great yeah. idea if you have a dumb cat. Uh, he's the love of my life. <laughs> yeah. And did Digby help you out with this book? Would it be nice oh, when he you did. would read chapters and say, Digby, what do you think? And all the best parts come from him. Like really? all of the stuff about how the best stuff to spend your money on is uh, cat toys and boxes. <laughs> that's the, that's all him. <laughs> so it's interesting. What do you think is the biggest misconception about you when people meet you? Because the last thing I'd say after meeting you is that you've written a book about young people and finance. Yeah. Um, but it is the coolest thing that I could say after having <laughs> meet, met you. What is the big misconception when people meet Sam? Um, I guess that's the thing is that I, I mean, I'm a giant dork, right? And I'm a, I'm a bit of a money dork. Um, I find it just very fascinating. And I think one of the reasons that people, I like talking about money and being a person who you can talk to about money is that most of the other people who talk about money are these hardcore finance bros and yeah. they make it all sound very intimidating, very scary. Uh, and like it's much more complicated than it actually is. Like mm. it turns out money is not that complicated. The basic principles are things that we can all learn, uh, and can make us all really powerful. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I like, I like being underestimated. I think I like being able to, to sneak into places where, yeah. uh, people like me who are a bit low scope and creative, you know, don't often get to, um, and learn all of their secrets and then go and take and take those and share them with regular humans. But you're creative and you're low scope and all of that, but not when it comes to money. No. I mean, are you pretty conscious <laughs> of the bull when it comes around? Are you like, uh, so, okay. Actually, my, uh, I have this theory that you should spend money wherever it makes you the most happy, right? Okay. And, um, I think a lot about the hedonic treadmill, which is this idea that the, the more something is a part of your life every day, the less happy that thing tends to make you, ironically, mm. right? So we think we're being sensible when we're like, you know what? I should spend all my money on a good solid couch because I use that every single day. Uh, and I shouldn't waste my money on going on a holiday to Derbs or whatever. But like research tells us that actually blowing your money on a holiday to Derbs is exactly the thing that will make you much happier because mm. it does doesn't just disappear to the background of your life. So actually, I'm a big believer in saving money on the boring things and the the big three, really, which is transportation, housing, and food. Um, and then really enjoying spending your money on the little things that 
probably do give you joy. Small mm. gifts for people, little adventures. Uh, one of the things I do is I have two different bank accounts. I have my serious growing up money and I have what I call my fuck around fund and it has a bunch of stickers on it. So I know that's the, that's my fun money. And at the beginning of every month, I put an amount of money on my fuck around card and mm. I rarely allow myself to spend it. And I try not to feel guilty by spending that money on stupid things that mm. makes me happy because I think part of being responsible with your money doesn't mean feeling guilty about every single small amount of money that you spend. I think it just means knowing that you've got the big stuff taken care of. You're saving, you're investing, mm. you're putting money towards your big ambitious goals and dreams. Like, you know, Sipo there who was like, you know what I want to do? I want to mix tracks. He made that happen. Yeah. Uh, he bought himself some freedom. Do you think we're conscious enough of our relationships with money? Um, and like, are we, Aware always the decisions we're making. Do we think about it with a long-term view like we would relationships? <laughs> I mean, you get into a relationship with a person and you've, you know, like you think about six months down the line, a year down the line, you think, what is this going to last? Is not going to last? Whereas money, which has been with us forever, it's uh, one of the, it is the longest running relationship we'll have because mm. parents will die, loved ones will part, yeah. all of that. It's the longest running relationship we have. Um, or one of them at least that and like basic life would be a relationship as well. Um, but I don't know if often enough we actually think about it. I mean, you thought about it. You have two different bank accounts. Mm. Uh, but that requires a little bit of consciousness. Yeah. So I think I really love what you're saying where you, you talk about relationships and money because that, that sort of brings up this thing about the feels, the emotions around money. Mm. Um, I think 99% of becoming a grown up with your money and with anything in life is understanding your own emotions and your fears and your anxieties and the things that really do drive most of your behavior. Um, I think it's worth remembering as well that our brains are not these perfect computers that are, our brains are actually terrible at making decisions. Most mm. of the time we don't make decisions. We're just on autopilot. Um, our brains evolved to help primates forage and find berries in the jungle and pump other primates. That's what our brains are for. Mm. Uh, they turn, they're not very good at things like long-term investment planning or resisting temptations. So I think we struggle when we try and fight against the natural way that our brain works. If we try and pretend that we're these rational things and we should just create a budget and then we should spend exactly two and a half thousand rand a month on this mm. thing because that is what we said we would do. That's, that's not how our brains are. I think we, how we win is when we understand that our brains are fallible um, and they're driven more by emotion and feelings than by logic most of the time. And if we build systems that are like guardrails for our brains mm. so that we're not requiring them to have willpower. We're, we just start saving automatically at the beginning of the month. We're taking those rare moments where we are looking at our money, when we are having those eureka moments where we're awake and we're thinking about these things to put systems in place that are then automatic that mm. we don't have to think about and try and fight against our, our worst natures every single day because that's how you set yourself up to lose. It's a psyche game. I mean, this is yeah. all psychology, really. Totally. Uh, and for you, what, what has gone into putting a book like this together? Do you sit down with loads of people? Do you draw on the experience that you've had with friends and family in the past however many years? Do you use, uh, what you learned in your various degrees and your, you know, do you no. use the time you spent <laughs> with uh, Barack anything. Obama? Like, how do you go about putting a book of this sorts together? So. 
Uh, I basically wrote this book for myself, uh, because <laughs> I'm hoping that someone will invent a time machine. I'll send it back in time to 25 year old me who was drowning in debt. So I think that's the first thing is that, you know, when we talk about people who really are in trouble with yeah. money, that was me when I was 25. I was, I was drowning in debt. I was working at a job I hated because I was so terrified of being broke. But at the same time, that job was costing me so much money. Uh, cause I was like, I don't know. I was just sort of living that middle class, sort of trapped thing they lifestyle. told you you probably wanted to be doing at 25 exactly yeah, thing, and yeah. it was making me broke and it was also making me really miserable yeah. and i just hadn't I, I just assumed money was this complicated thing that i was never going to understand so i decided i had a wake-up call one day and i was like this is this is not the way this is not the life that i wanted to be living mm. uh so i went on a mission i was like this can't be that hard um and i made it my job to not only learn about money uh, but also to help build apps and tools to make money easier. And mm. that was how I learned about money. Because uh, it turns out that part of the reason that money seems complicated, it isn't all our fault. It's that the industry makes it complicated. Mm. So I, I worked on like an app called 227 is yeah. something that I did, uh, which is this really cool free app that shows you where your, your money goes. And I did stuff like that for years. And my job as a, as a UX designer, as someone who designs these mm. sort of interfaces, involved interviewing a lot of people. And I got to chat to young people throughout the country, throughout Africa, throughout the world, actually. Um, and I asked them a lot about what terrified them about money, what they were saving for, what they, all of their, their, their ideas and thoughts about how one becomes wealthy. Mm. And I learned that so many of us are laboring under some terrible, terrible myths and mm. mis, you know, mis, mis, mis ideas. Um, and that the truth is actually, amazingly simple it just really requires you to change some of your your behaviors when you're as young as possible mm. um and just follow some really basic principles and then it's easy so here's where my head is at on, the, on this whole thing like it's, it's one thing i guess if you are overweight and you eating badly right like mm. it's so visible mm. Uh, and then, you know, and then you don't have any issue going into the store and getting the book about losing weight and yeah. like figuring the whole thing out. Yeah. The thing that I find with money is that it's such an easy thing to delude yourself mm -hmm. that I don't know. How does one get to the point, do you think, where you are able to open up this book and be honest with yourself? Mm. Um, because before there is the process of the book, there's getting to a point where you're able to totally. read it. Yeah. It's like that, that, that pre-contemplation thing, I think, yeah. in, in, in psychology. Just push it to the yeah. side. It's yeah. like they, you know, it's I can fine. just send it to the trash folder. I know I'm in overdraft, <laughs> but I'm just paying more and more it's interest every month. Yeah, it's totally. It's like, I told myself all of these stories. I told myself it's fine because I'll earn more money when I'm older and that's yeah. when I'll start saving. I told myself it's fine because, you know, I'm, I'm seem to be doing kind of as well as my friends. I told myself it's fine because I had all of the things that looked like I was successful. I had mm. a nice car. I had the, you know, the holidays. I was fine. It was all fine. Uh, but it really was not fine. <laughs> but, um, I think a lot of us kind of, I think everyone has their own journey that gets them to the point where they are ready to, to change, right? Um, I think if I can say one thing to anyone who might be listening and thinking maybe, maybe it's time for them, but they're not sure, it's that it is not as scary as you think it is. Like no matter how old you might be when you, that moment comes for you, there are still a lot of choices and options that mm. you have, you know, regardless of whether you are drowning in debt, you've got three kids, you've got a mortgage. There are things you can do, really practical things that can put you in a much better position. And it's worth remembering as well, that you're going to earn a lot of money over the remaining, your remaining life. Like um, something I like to talk about is that if you're 25 and you're earning 
earning 10,000 rand every month at age 25 and you only get a 7% increase, uh, you know, for both inflation and for the odd uh, promotion you might have over your lifetime. That person who starts off earning 10,000 rand a month is going to earn about 19 million rand over their lifetime. Mm. Like that's a lot of money. That's yeah. before you start investing. Yeah, yeah. You have a lot of choices. Mm. Yeah. Sure. It's like sobering. Yeah. This, <laughs> um, I don't want to run out of time without sort of really drilling down why it's important to check out the book. Um, and what is the value proposition of the book? Because it's going to cost money for me to get the book. So what am I going to get out of it? We deliberately kept it cheap. My wonderful publishers made me chop out like three quarters of the books, keep it under a hundred and uh, under 200 rand. So it's cool. 190 bucks. Basically the value proposition is, you know how, uh, in school they gave you like the book to everything, but they never gave you the book on money. This is the book. This is the class that I wish that I'd had in high school. It's uh, the test I wish I'd had to take before I could take my credit card for a drive. You know, mm. it's like, it's very basic step-by-step, step, but it goes into quite complex things as well. Um, it's not going to be the only, the last book you ever have to buy about money, but it should be the one that really can set you on the right track. I dig it. So, so cool. And so cool to have, not only someone speaking about money in a South African context, but someone young speaking about money in a South African It's not just Susie Orman anymore. <laughs> There's like other God people Orman, that though. have like evolved the process, evolved the thinking and oh. made it relevant to a younger audience and uh, have the creds to, to back it up. Thanks, the book sorry. is called uh, Manage Your Money Like a and Grown Up. It's mm -hmm. available uh, in stores. Yeah. So it's at uh, most exclusive books. It's also on Take A Lot on Loot. You can also so buy cool. it directly from my site, which is like a mm, bleeping grownup.com. So dope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, and if people want to find out a little bit more about you on social media, how do we find you? So it's at Beck Bessinger, and that is basically a riddle to see if you can figure out how my surname is spelled, because <laughs> it's the worst. Um, we also have this really active Facebook group called the League of Effing Grownups. Cool. Uh, and that's a place where you can just ask other people money questions. And there are also other young people, uh, so there's no scam there. You can go, they will help you out with almost anything money related, and they're very, very nice people. So there's, that's also an option. So cool. Yeah. Final a nutshell piece of advice. If people have people in their lives that are just dreadful with money <laughs> and they like, how do they subtly introduce this book to them? What would the oh strategy be? Boy, that's a great question. I don't know that I have the answer. I feel like you, people have to kind of get to the point in their life yeah. where they're ready for this book on their own, unfortunately. <laughs> well, if you don't, they're going to repossess your house. So hopefully you get there soon. <laughs> uh, that is a Sam Beck Bessinger over there hanging out, speaking about uh, the book. It's called Manage Your Money Like an F and Grown Up. Sam, thanks so much for stopping by. Thank you.